0: To the FarmBeats podcast.
1: FarmBeats is proudly produced by the Nebraska Digital Agriculture team and hosted by students at the University of Nebraska.
0: The FarmBeats podcast comes to you each week to discuss the trends, the realities, and the value of digital agriculture.
1: Through interviews with expert producers and innovators from across the agriculture industry, we hope that you step away from each episode with new critical knowledge of digital agricultural technology.
0: Hello, everyone. Thanks for
2: listening to Farm Bits. Today, we're going to continue with the discussion regarding herbicide application technology with Rodrigo rarely and Chris Brock.
1: So, Chris, how do you think is the adaptability of the technology in Nebraska? And what about in Wisconsin, Rodrigo?
2: There's not a lot of these machines commercially available yet. It's right? so very much new. Uh, I think this year... Uh, you heard about more machines actually being utilized in a commercial sense, but still pretty limited relative to the total number of acres being uh, being managed uh, for weeds. And so I think that's part of it is right now that the technology is, is really in the very early stages and, and just starting to be scaled at all. Um, but I, I think there's a big question there on who who can utilize this technology most efficiently uh, as, it's, as it's first developed. Uh, you know, how how big of an operation uh, do you need to have to be able to make it um, so that it pays right the kind of the return on investment question um, and and I think you, you think about commercial uh application our commercial applicators uh, co-ops uh, you know those are doing uh, applications in those in those environments I think they're really thinking about this question a lot too um and I know Rodrigo, you've interacted with some of those folks that so you can probably add add to that but this this idea that you know they've really built they've really built like the commercial application around a certain model that, that includes broadcast spraying. And so now you bring this new technology, uh, probably is gonna require a change in, in the whole business model for them to be able to, to adopt these, these technologies. So uh, I think it remains to be seen. I, I think the interest is high. I think people, there's a lot of interest around the technology and, and the potential that could come from it. Uh, I think people are still waiting to see where it fits is probably what I would say at
3: this point. Yeah, no, that's, that's excellent, there, Chris. The the one thing I was gonna mention, you know, I think Nebraska and, and Wisconsin, there are some differences there as far as uh, you know the operation sizes. I think farms in Nebraska they tend to be, they they tend to be bigger than the farms here in Wisconsin. So I don't know, Chris, if you can comment what the split is, but here in Wisconsin, for instance, more than sixty percent of our acres are treated by uh, the co-ops or commercial uh, applicators, right? So if we want to see this technologies uh, taken off, there need to be some major adjustments to this uh, operations and how business uh, get done because it has to make sense for the co-ops, so then it makes sense uh, for for the farmers. So it might be a little bit of a different scenario uh, from Nebraska and some other other states where there's more acres where we have more uh, private applicators, or farmers, you know owning, a sprayer making their applications. Because again, it's it's a big investment, right? Uh, we haven't talked about uh, costs, uh, but in order to purchase this technology, not only are you are getting a sprayer, but you're also getting a smart sprayer now. So there's an extra cost associated to the technology as well. And depending which technology you're purchasing, there's also subscription fee, right? It might be an yearly fee, it might be a per acre fee. So there are some additional costs uh, that are added to the system. So again, it goes back to the ROI and how is that going to be part of this new uh, business model. So I think Chris said it all is 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 yet to be seen and there's a lot to happen here uh, as we move forward. Uh,
0: Chris, what future trends and innovations can be expected in the field of pesticides application technology?
2: Man, if I knew the answer to that, Victor, uh, I don't know, I might I might be in a different line of work, but... <laughs> I, it's. A, I mean, it's a. It's a fascinating question. I. I think. I, I. think challenges lead to innovation, and and that's what's been fun about uh, the work I've been able to be a part of. Uh, you find that you. It's what. What's the next challenge that we're facing in 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 our cropping systems and in, in managing uh, agricultural crops, and then what's the what's the solution going to be? And so I don't. I don't know that I have a great sense of of how to answer that, other than to say. Uh, I I do think we're going to get better at leveraging and utilizing the data that we're generating. I think we're going to get um, more efficient ar- around that process, and I think as we generate that data, I think I think there's going to be solutions that emerge um, from that process that we um, we might not have anticipated. And so I I, I think that I think that's a big I think that's going to be a big piece of it, um, and then I think. As we think about uh, climate smart management um, and and just the need for for regulation just around protecting our resources and, and and the environment, I think as those things change and evolve over time, I think that's going to drive a lot of innovation. I think those those types of things tend to drive innovation, so I think paying attention to those spaces becomes important. So, yeah, I don't I don't know that I can speak specifically, but if I if I think broadly I'm kind of sidestep your question a little bit i think that's that's a little bit what i what i would anticipate i'm excited to see though where it goes I, I think it's exciting hope to be a part of at least part of the conversation
3: it's yeah it's an incredibly exciting time to be in weed science there's so much uh, happening from from all fronts just adding to chris's comments there as far as what you know the the future trends look like and innovations i think Uh, You know, historically, we've used, um, you know, selective chemistry delivered across the entire field right now we're talking about targeted applications and I'm just gonna add an example here I met with an organic farmer that is very interested in this technologies, there are some organic, labeled organic herbicides, or registered organic herbicides out there right, but some of those herbicides are really, really expensive. And then his idea where he was going with his mindset, if, if I can reduce the use of this by a third or two thirds, then it becomes, you know, an option for me to control weeds with this labeled organic pesticides in my organic cropping systems, right? So here's an example where this technology can really help not only on the conventional uh, food production systems, but also in this case, an organic production system, right? Now, thinking back, uh, Chris mentioned, you know, these technologies are not there yet in the sense of the you know, separating, let's say, a foxtail from a palmery emirant plant, but I think this is where it's getting, right? And if we get to the point where we can tell what is the certain weed species, okay, uh, that we're targeting in the field, then we open up opportunities for, let's say, non-selective herbicides, right? Herbicides that you could never spray across your entire field, but if you're only treating 10 20% of your field in there and you're only spotting the selective herbicide in per- in certain areas, that might become a new reality, okay? So what are the options that we have out there that we can really control this resistant weed so we prevent them from going to seed? So whether it's, you know, old herbicides that you could never deploy on a broadcast application or whether that's novel chemistry that can be partnered uh, with adjuvants and so on. So we're talking costs. Potentially there might be herbicides that are too expensive to be sprayed in the entire area so we can reduce costs that way herbicides that would cause a lot of damage uh, to, to our crops because they're uh, non-selective. But if you're only treating parts of the field, maybe we can live with a little bit of crop uh, injury, right? As far as we can, as long as we can control our weeds. So I think there's a lot of opportunities, uh, you know, as, as we move forward uh, with these technologies.
1: Those points are very interesting. And Rodrigo, how can university measure the return of investment of application technology to the community? Well, Camila, that's a
3: that is a difficult question to answer. It's a really good question and a, and a difficult uh, to answer, right? So the the ROI, there's uh, to the community. I think the the main point right now in agriculture, we're you know trying to produce uh, food in a sustainable way. I think that's the the mission uh, from most farmers out there. They want to they have to be profitable, right? To stay in business and and to do. Uh, the right things, there's pressure from every single uh, angle, right? We're in weed science, we're disciplined, we're constantly under scrutiny as we, you know, because we work with pesticides, right? So if we can be more targeted, we can save the farmers uh, some pesticides. If you can help the farmer with that ROI, allows the farmer to invest in other areas that can also benefit the community. So I'm just kind of mumbling around because I don't think there's a, a straightforward uh, answer uh, to your question. But again, as the farmers, as the technologies come online, the, the farmers can be more targeted. Uh, that takes some of that pressure from the general uh, public uh, away. And I think at the end of the day, you know, it helps the farmer to be more sustainable, more profitable. If we have uh, profitable farming systems in our rural communities that really rel- help our rural communities to continue to thrive. And, and I think this is uh, what we need uh, out there. So I don't know if I answered your question directly, but it's just a, a complicated one uh, to to tackle, Chris.
2: Yeah, I I don't know that I can do any better than that, Rodrigo. I I think the only thought I would maybe add to that is um, if you're measuring it in dollars, I think I think it's that's really a tricky one. Uh, but I I'd highlight a little bit. I think these the hope is that these technologies would maybe improve. The communication between urban environments, rural environments, uh, right? I, I think I think to see more of food production as a as a partnership that, that that kind of spans uh, all the way across the society, right? Um, you know, farmer farmers are certainly the ones in the field doing doing the level of work, but it, it, it benefits all of us, and so I think to be able to see these types of technologies adopted uh, and and to improve the conversations around. What, what growers are doing and 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 how these technologies benefit um, uh, not just not just the grower uh, but 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 society I think there are, are inter- interesting ways to think about how conversations around, around technology so uh, yeah again, I don't know that that exactly answers uh, your question but but it's worth thinking it's it's worth thinking about. I think it's an important one to
0: uh, Rodrigo, what are the challenges to adapt? new technologies in the community? Can you see that influence the university and extension programs?
3: Yeah, so I think, you know, with new technologies, there's always a lot of uncertainties, right? Uh, And then when, you know, new technologies come online, there's always, if you're at the forefront of adopting a new technology, usually there is a a very high cost uh, associated. So I think the cost is is a barrier and also the uncertainty and I think this is why it becomes very, in my opinion, right. I work for extension, so I might be a little biased, but I think this is why it's so important when we, in universities, you know, through the extension system, we get to take a look at the technologies become they become before they become widely uh, available uh, to our growers out there. One, we can have a better understanding, you know, our growers out there. They're oftentimes kind of coming to us, right, because they want to know an unbiased opinion, and if we have an help with that technology, or if we don't know anyone within, you know, extension or academia that are working with those technologies, it becomes difficult for us to provide unbiased recommendations, right? So I think it's important that we get uh, to look at these technologies and explore their potentials and, you know, also potential challenges that they uh, they might face, right? I mean, through this efforts here, I think Chris and I, through our research, I think we learned several things that I think we've been able to help you know those equipment manufacturers think a little more about how to position. So I think it's it's a win, uh win for all. And then as as always, you know, there's there's that uncertainty related again to the new technology. Not not all farmers out there uh want to be at that forefront, but in every single community there's always those individuals that are willing to take the risk, right? They're the ones that are willing to pay a little more and take the risk because they want to be at the forefront so it's also very important for us in extension that we get to work with those individuals because they are usually the ones that are the influencers uh, within their community so we get to learn from them and we also hopefully get to help them uh, fine tune what they're doing so as those technologies become more popular we're all adopting them in a more effective uh in a more effective way
2: yeah i mean adoption's is a it's, it's just those are interesting conversations around adoption of any any new practice or technology uh you know I, more and more I think evidence would show that the data alone doesn't change anybody's minds so we can we can have all the right data and have all the, the perfect answers of, of as to why this new technology should be adopted but that that in and of itself I don't think will get Get us all the way there and i think that's where extension sits in a unique place and that i think extension plays a huge role in in those relationships uh with with growers and in, in local communities uh in urban environments all those different places and so it's it's having those connections with people uh and being able to to have actual conversations and not just putting data in front of people and expecting that to, to change but but it's how, how do you how do you turn it more into a conversation uh, uh, over time and build it around relationships and, and kind of this give and take, uh, and so, uh, being willing to listen as much as you speak, those kinds of, those kinds of things are all important, I think, as we think about adoption. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think there's, that, that's kind of the human, human science side of, of it all. And that's where extension sits in, in a unique place between kind of the science and, and, and just the relational relational side of things, which is I think is it, critical in this whole piece, in this around around this whole conversation.
3: I think right now it's it's a very fun time uh, to be talking about technologies. Uh, a lot of uh, farmers out there they're part of producer led groups, and these producer led groups they are heavily, you know, usually involved with extension. They support extension, and this is where the farmers are coming together. Uh, and exchanging ideas uh, more than ever. I think that's that's very very important, right? Because there's you know farmers are very busy. They have to make a lot of decisions uh, throughout uh, the year. There's you know there's certain things that were always done that way within the farm. We do it because it's efficient. It, it's worked. So why change, right? So one through the research we get the data that helps us support the recommendations. And then through these groups we have the opportunity to discuss you know, and maybe get a different viewpoint or revisit uh, our research priorities in the sense that, yeah, we're providing the information that the growers need to support their decision whether they should be considering adopting a certain technology uh, or not. So it's just a very, very exciting time, not only to be in weed science, but also to be part of Extension.
1: And Chris, if our listeners want to learn more about the smart sprayer research, where can they find more information?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, i we mentioned the uh, webinar that we we did earlier. Um, so that's I think that's a, been a great resource, kind of introducing the technology. Um, you know, we're we're we have done some surveys, uh, just trying to gain uh, an understanding of people's perceptions around around new technology, smart sprayer technology, and so uh, we've been able to make some of some of that available, um, just to the continue the conversation around these things. Um, and I, I think going forward, you know, we'll 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 see more uh, more out there just in in terms of uh, extension publications and articles and those, and those types of things. And so, um, yeah, I think I think the the resources are are continue, are increasing around this. Right. So it, it is relatively new, but it, but I think there's more and more resources uh, available out there. And so I just keep your eye on on uh, a lot of the. The, the mechanisms that we've used through extension. Uh, uh, Crop watch would be one in Nebraska, for example, a newsletter that we that we utilize, um, these types of podcasts. I mean, so this would be this would be this would be one uh great great option. I think that's why I appreciate you guys uh inviting us to to have the conversation on this because I think this is a this is a great resource. And so uh but also any anyone that's interested can certainly can certainly email me. Uh, so we can make my my uh contact information available through through the podcast, but I'd be I'd be happy to to chat more with people and um about what, what I think we're learning via email or phone call or something like that. So but yeah, thanks for that question.
3: It's it's so new, right, Chris? I mean, I remember I think the first presentations we had about this technologies at our regional scientific societies were about three four years ago and we're starting to see an uptick on the number of posters being presented. Uh, you have a graduate student in your lab working on that. I have you know, a graduate student in my lab doing this type of work. So I think we're gonna start to see a lot more uh, at our scientific conferences here for the next couple years. And as those uh, results get published, uh, we're gonna start hearing more and more uh, about them. So long story short, I mean, it's all so new that I don't think we have a lot out there yet. So as Chris alluded to, the webinar, I think, you know, for those that are interested in learning a little more, I think we highly recommend, I'll ask you, uh, Victor and Camilla, if you can, you know, put the link down below here. So folks that are interested, if they can go there and check, it's a two-hour webinar, but I think it's worth the time, right, Chris? And again, there are some other colleagues uh, recording podcasts on this this topic as well. So yeah, stay tuned. I think there's a lot more to come. I mean, this this, uh, winter extension season here for the first time, Uh, I'm going to be talking about this, and I believe it's the same for Chris. Uh, I just got invited to give an extension presentation here in Wisconsin. I'll be doing one in Minnesota and then talking uh, about this on a crop protection webinar here in a couple of weeks. So I think there's a lot of interest, so new, uh, and there's going to be a lot more information coming online here, hopefully in the next year or so. And also, you know, connect with the manufacturers. I mean, they're pretty active on social media, uh, they're getting their teams of engineers and agronomists uh, out there. So make sure you you know you you chase them and you you have the chance uh, to go and and talk and talk with them out there because there's a lot of they have a lot of good information in hands that they can also share uh, with you if you're interested.
0: that's great. Um, yeah, Camille and I will make sure that we we're gonna make available that uh, that link for the the webinar, Rodrigo and Chris. And Chris is there anything we didn't talk about today that you might want to add or mention to share with, with our listeners?
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I would, I think we, I think we covered uh, a lot of topics uh, in pretty short amount of time. So I don't, don't know that I'd add anything uh, other other than to say, I'm pretty, I'm pretty interested to see where, where these conversations go. Uh, I would invite, I would invite feedback from anyone, anyone listening, uh, you know, that has thoughts or interests, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot that we can learn from each other at this point in terms of just continuing these conversations. Cause there's, um, any, anytime you're, you're thinking about things where there are just, there's not a lot of information yet, uh, I, I think, I think those, those conversations are valuable and so... That's probably where i would leave leave the conversation for today is is i hope that it continues i hope that maybe this is more the beginning uh, of a conversation uh, that i'd like to see where where it takes us
3: yeah no i agree 100 with chris you know those folks out there that are listening to us right now if you think we're missing something major let us know i mean you know you know challenge please uh challenge us because this is how we continue to evolve. Again, you know, this is technologies, they, they have a lot of tremendous potential, but there are also some challenges associated to them. So we want to hear from you. I think this is a two-way uh, conversation. And then from a broader uh, point of view, you know, what we've seen over the years uh, is kind of a decline of, you know, undergraduate or young people out there, interest in agriculture in general. And the one thing I want to say is there are so many opportunities Uh, with high technology and sustainability and, you know, producing food, protecting the environment is a really, really, really exciting time uh, to be in agriculture. I know a lot of the young generation, they listen to podcasts, so hopefully they're uh, listening to us today. Lots of job, really neat job opportunities, uh, tremendous opportunities for for folks out there. So again, it's a very exciting time uh, to be in agriculture and those who are undecided, whether they uh, should join you know an ag career or not? I strongly I strongly encourage. Uh, we need uh, the energy, we need uh, you know the the bright individuals out there to come and help us. We have a lot of challenges, right? Resistance being uh, one of them. So we need all the help get. And when I'm saying we, we're talking, we in academia and extension and in industry, and our growers out there, uh, because you know together is how we we get better here. So that's one thing I wanted to share with the listeners
1: That's interesting and uh, it connects with our last question. So a tradition on the Farm Beats podcast is to ask for a piece of advice. What ad- advice do you have for anyone interested in working with pesticide application technology?
2: Uh, that's a fun question uh, advice is tricky right but I, I, I think I think for me um, be curious and and that. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Uh, I, I, that, that's how that's how we see technology advance and things move forward. Is, is when people are are curious and, and and don't don't hit roadblocks and stop, but start asking questions. How are we going to solve this? How are we going to figure out a way around this? Being um, uh, you know, just to, to jump in and go for it. And so uh, I think looking look, looking for opportunities, um, asking good questions, and always. Always, uh, always be curious and 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 I, I think find what you love to do I and mean, pursue what you enjoy. That's I guess those are those are things that I've I've tried to live by and and uh, it's it's been good. I, I I can I can say I really do enjoy what I do. I've had a lot of fun fun doing it. So and a big part is is, is working with. Uh, like you, Victor and Camila, as, as students, you know, I think, I think having all those opportunities and just the conversations that we we've had and, and the things that we've been able to talk through and, and think through and your your contributions have been huge. And so, yeah, I think I I, I would just encourage folks to think to think about those things.
3: I concur one hundred percent with what Chris said in there. And again, my you know piece of advice again, especially for the young folks, what I just described. There's a lot. There are a lot of opportunities. In agriculture, uh, we're we're gonna need uh, the help, all the help that we can get here to continue to you know, food and you know feed and fuel uh, society here. So just a lot of uh, opportunities out there. Uh, it's a it's it's an amazing uh, career path and profession too. Uh, you get a, a good mix of indoors and outdoors, I guess, right? Uh, good balance. So for folks out there again thinking about you know their professional careers and where they want to go if they like the the outdoors and environment and so on I think there's a lot of uh, opportunities here within uh, our discipline and with that I just again I want to take a moment to uh, thank you both Victor and Camilla uh, for the invite it was it was a lot of fun uh, being here today Chris uh, great visiting here with you as well today we get to do in front of a microphone and camera but just, you know, these are is, this is normal or regular conversations that Chris and I uh, have at least once a week, right, Chris? When we're driving somewhere, going somewhere, we always like to talk about, you know, these technologies and, yeah. and plans. And that's, I guess, I guess uh, an advice. Uh, we're so dependent of, you know, our cell phones and we, I don't think we take the time to talk with people anymore. And it's amazing what an hour conversation can can do for you. So if you, you know, reach out to people talk to people, exchange ideas. I mean, I think we you know being human beings, cell phones are amazing, right? You know, being able to text or connect via social media, but there's nothing better than actually calling somebody and and talking there and exchanging ideas and and seeing uh what we can can be doing together. So, that's kind of another advice here for for the end of my part here.
0: That's great. Uh so thank you very much to Rodrigo Worley and Chris Proctor for taking the time to join Join us for this episode of the Farm Beats podcast.
1: It's really exciting to hear about pesticide application technology focusing in herbicides and new technologies being developed in this field. Thank you.
0: One of my favorite parts of this episode was the possibility that the extension connects with the new technologies. For example, uh, Rodrigo and Chris mentioned about the smart sprayer and the most part of our episode was related with the smart sprayer. So, connecting new technologies and having the, the those new technologies uh, being widespread to uh, farmers using the the university extension is very very interesting for me. And that was for sure my my favorite part of this episode. What do you think, Camila?
1: I also think how fascinating are the future possible opportunities that we still have to advance in technology for pesticide application.
0: Thank you for taking the time to join us today on the Farm Beats podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or whatever you listen to the podcast to be informed about the latest content each week.
1: We welcome your feedback, so if you have comments or questions for us, please reach out to us over email, on Twitter, or in the reviews section of your favorite podcast platform. Our contact information can be found in the show notes.
0: We would like to thank Nebraska Extension for their support for this podcast and their commitment to providing high-quality informational material to members of the agricultural community in Nebraska and beyond.
1: The opinions expressed by the hosts and guests on this podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the views of Nebraska Extension or the University of Nebraska lincoln
0: I hope you enjoyed that episode and we look forward to sharing another Digital Ag story with you next week on FarmBeats. Thank you.